This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. And we are switching gears. The provincial liberals have promised to introduce legislation in September that would mean same-sex couples would have equal rights to their heterosexual counterparts when it comes to children. Right now, same-sex couples have to adopt their children or get a court order declaring parental status, and that is a process that can cost thousands of dollars. On the line, I have MPP Sherry DeNovo, whose private member bill inspired the Liberals' legislation, which is coming down the pike. And here with me is Maggie Casella, an actor, comic writer, producer, gay rights activist, and recovering lawyer. Uh, welcome to you both. We'll start with Maggie, who is sitting here. Uh, what do you make of this change that's coming? Well, I mean, it's 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 nonsensical to not do it. Um, it it's interesting because, you know, going from the tort reform thing to, to, to this thing, and it's all stuff that I dealt with. And when I was a lawyer in the States, we actually tried the test case for gay adoption in Connecticut. And we thought that was a win because at that time, if you were a same-sex couple, you actually could not adopt um, your your child. So we were like, yay, now you can both adopt. And as we sit here you, and you think about that, you think, well, why am I not just putting this person's name on the birth certificate and not having to go through this onerous uh, and expensive business of uh, adopting a child that's yours? Uh, so, I mean, it seems to me that it should be a slam dunk, but apparently uh, uh, the MPP's bill has taken a while and has languished. Okay, uh, let's go to Sherry DeNova. Welcome, Sherry. Yeah, thank you. Great to be on. Well, uh, so what do you make of this? Uh, You know, we're uh, a little behind other provinces in this, are we not? We're behind four other provinces and uh, certainly behind the court system that kicked this back to the government and said that it had to do something years and years ago. Um, I mean, we're cautiously optimistic with this announcement, but here's the scoop. I mean, they could pass my bill tomorrow. Um, If they want to make amendments, we've been talking to them over the months. They could have suggested them. Um, It passed by all parties for second reading without any suggestions. And meanwhile, this is so important, meanwhile, the Ontario government is still fighting these parents in court. So tens of thousands of dollars of their money, plus our money as taxpayers, is being uh, is being tied up to fight this while the premier is making this announcement. So the first thing we're calling for is settle with the parents, for God's sakes, and, which, and so, let's get this and let's get this going. Um, brief us on on uh, which parents the Ontario. Uh, well, I, I don't. I mean, there's a number of them, um, but suffice to say, it's uh, they're fighting the, the the situation in Ontario because it's a it's against the Charter of Rights and it's also against our Ontario Human Rights Code. And um, uh, and the government is is not to this date offering to settle. Um, they're still fighting them. So you know, on one side you've got the premier saying we're going to make these changes. On the other side, you've got what's actually happening on the ground. 
Um, so we're saying first settle with the parents, then they've offered to have me and the lawyers kind of sit around the table and work on this legislation. But again, um, we, we haven't heard any objections to the bill as it stands. And it's based on the BC model. It's we're not inventing anything new here. So um, uh, we just don't get it. The parents, are, parents uh, really are baffled, and they were all here to demonstrate at the, at the flag raising this morning here at Queen's Park. So um, what is, can I ask it, it, what you think, really, or will you say, because you're a politician and I know it's hard, but what, what do you think the holdup is? Because, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of maddening at this point, right? Is I it, mean, I really don't know. Is really. it just, sorry, is it just that the, the Liberals want their imprimatur on the bill as opposed to yours? Well, quite frankly, I hope that's true. Um, I mean, I, I've passed a lot of private members' bills, apparently more than anybody else in Ontario's history, by working with the government. So if that's all it is, then, then fine. But, but they've said some, uh, the Attorney General said some scary things, things like, um, we don't want to hurt other parents' rights. And, uh, you know, for anybody who's queer, that kind of raises some red flags saying, what are you talking about? How does extending equal rights to uh, LGBTQ parents hurt anybody else's rights. So uh, we're a little concerned about some of the language that's been used um, when asked, and they won't elaborate. So we're waiting to sit down at the table and make sure that it's nothing other than the, that, that the government wants their stamp on it. Okay. Um, I'm going to give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We are talking about the Liberal plan to give same-sex couples equal rights uh, to children, same rights that heterosexual parents now have. We're going uh, to the phones, and on the line we have... Kirsty in Toronto, and Kirsty, uh, you are the person on whom the private members' bill was based, correct? I am. Uh, my wife Jennifer and I have worked together with uh, with Sherry over the months to put together the bill and bring it this far, uh, and we're committed to getting the right law passed, be it Cyan Ruby's Act or a government bill, but making sure it has. Uh, you know, as Sherry said, that we, we cover as many people as possible, we make it as inclusive as possible, uh, and we make sure as many children are protected as possible. Tell me your story. So I uh, fell in love with uh, my wonderful wife, Jennifer. We got married in 2007, uh, and we started to plan to have a family together. Uh, Jennifer got pregnant in, I guess, uh, Ruby was born in 2010, so we got we got Jennifer pregnant. Um, and, and how did you do that? We had uh, we did it at home, um, sort of you know I guess the old fashioned queer way. Um, and That's a we turkey baster in case donor. anyone's interested. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we had a known sperm donor, which actually makes us different um, than the first round of families that litigated these issues in 2006 with Joanna Radbird. So. In 2006, there was litigation, and I think that was alluded to, where a group of women came forward in same-sex relationships who had used unknown sperm donors. Okay, so, so you have a the, known donor. Go on, yeah. We do. We have a known donor. So the, the first round of litigation was about um, whether two women, two married women or two women in a relationship who were having a child together could put their names on the birth certificate. Uh, and as it turned out, all of the women involved in the court case had an unknown sperm donor. And so when the government responded to that court case and changed the legislation, they really only changed it for that sort of subset of the queer community. So now 
if you're a lesbian couple and you use an unknown sperm donor, you can put both mothers' names on the birth certificate. Um, the trouble is the rest of us are still left out in the cold. Okay. What do they want you to do? Um, do they want the donor, the known donor, to sign away his parental rights before they'll let you do that? I'm just curious if that's the what's sticking in there. I mean, what's interesting is that the legislation isn't about genetics or biology, right? If you read the Children's Law Reform Act or the Vital Statistics Act, there isn't a lot of emphasis on biology or genetics or anything like that, really. It's about, um, you know, it's about who's going to raise the child, who's going to take care of the child and making sure they have status. It's just, it's outdated and it doesn't contemplate same-sex marriage or Mm same-sex families, let alone, you know, some of... um, some of the broader LGBTQ families that we're, we're starting to see in greater numbers. Um, so what do they want? Um, from you, I mean, from you as, as, as a couple yeah, with a known donor. Like, so we had to, um, you know, gather ourselves after, after the baby arrived and um, make an appointment to see our lawyer. We had to go uh, and we had to draft affidavits explaining our relationship that we intended to parent together. We had to, to send our donor to another lawyer to get independent legal advice. Uh, and then my wife and I had to go to court, and we had to ask the court to recognize uh, or declare that I was, in fact, a mother. So that was the process. It, it took months. How, long, how much did it cost? It cost uh, $4,000 each time, not including sending our donor to... So it was about $5,000 all in. Well, can I ask what, what his status then became? Is he the, the dad? He doesn't have status ever, right? No. And yeah. I think that's another thing that's interesting. Um, what, uh, because he didn't intend to be a parent, he didn't want to be a parent, we, he was just sort of helping us out and doing us this favor, um, he never had any status. Um, he had to go get independent legal advice uh, as part of sort of a really thorough mm-hmm. process. Um, that might have been because we're, you know, Jennifer and I are both lawyers and, and we like like lawyers. We sometimes like to do things perfectly. Um, so he had to get independent legal advice. He did sort of renounce any claim he might have to parental status through that process, but he was never a parent. He okay. never had parental status. Let's, um, let's bring Sherry back into the conversation. Uh, also give out the numbers again if uh, people out there have anything to say about this. Is this just about time, uh, or is this uh, a problem for you? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And uh, Sherry DeNovo, do you know of cases where people have run into trouble? I mean, I've heard stories where, you know, one partner is gravely ill and suddenly the other one realizes that that they may not be officially recognized as the parent of the child. Um, That's Kirsty. That's your story. Pardon? It, that's that's the story of the, the uh, of Kirsty that you yeah. got on. Yes, that's her story. So let her tell it. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so um, uh, Kirsty uh, was your partner who had the baby. She did. Jennifer had the baby, uh, and um, the worst you know the worst aspect of this really was when Jennifer was giving birth to our first child, Ruby. She had. Uh, a very difficult labor. It was very long. Um, and there was a period of time where her heart rate was doing crazy things. It was too high. It was too low. Um, it was really scary. And I experienced uh, 
you know, I can only describe it as really waves of panic, right? I mean, you, you're sitting there holding your wife's hand, her heart rate is doing um, really scary things, and I'm thinking she might die, right? I mean, I, here we are, and we, we've gotten this close to kind of creating our family, uh, and I may lose my wife. And then on the heels of that, I had the realization that I was a legal stranger to the baby and would have no legal standing if Jennifer did die, uh, that there was every chance I would not be allowed to leave the hospital with that baby. I would not be allowed to take care of that baby. Um, and, and I mean, that's a kind of, uh, it's just a kind of feeling no parent should ever have to have. Um, and, uh, and certainly she, no newborn child should ever be left in a situation where there's a parent standing there waiting to take care of them, and, and the law stands in between that parent and their child. There's simply no need for it. And uh, Sherry, do you have any idea how many people this might affect? Um, no. I mean, I, certainly we know that uh, there's a number, um, and it's, it's really kind of difficult to ascertain. But, uh, you know, the, the bottom line here is this is shocking. I mean, uh, same-sex marriage has been around. Um, I did the first legalized one a long time ago. But, I mean, since 2012, it's been recognized everywhere. So why do we not recognize same-sex parenting? I mean, this is a classic case, again, in breach of the Charter and in breach of our Human Rights Code, um, and it, and it's bad for parents as well as children. So even if it's one couple that goes through this, it's already wrong. Um, but we know, of course, there's many involved in the lawsuit, as I said, but uh, there may be many, many more that we don't know about. Yeah, it, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, we'll take a call from David in Peterborough. Hi, David. Oh, hi, Libby. I'm uh, shocked that we're still having this discussion. I, um, I had the advantage of being in the history books back in 2001 with my husband. Uh, we became the first um, gay couple uh, approved by the courts to co-adopt our children. Okay, and, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's a, it's shameful that it's going on uh, this long, especially with a uh, a gay premier of the province, um, the MPP. Uh, if uh, I'm not sure if she's a liberal or a conservative, no, but, uh, neither. It should, it should certainly cross all party lines that uh, this would be the decent thing to do. Finally. Uh- it does, and it does seem to make sense that if uh, if gay marriage is legal and has been for a long time, then it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, it, practically it speaking, it doesn't make sense. But practically speaking, I mean, and I look, I'm queer. I, 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 again, I'm agog that you can't just do this, but I was in the beginning anyway agog, even when I was a lawyer in that other place called down there. Well, it's, um, that's that's a different place. Yes, I know, but we're different I, but, here. But what I'm saying is, is that it, 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 I guess I, I'm asking going to ask the MPP this practically like speaking how would it work in Kirsten's position where even if you had this bill the baby's not born yet and something happens who puts how do you get to put the names on the birth certificate is that the kind of stuff that you have to work out I, I don't quite understand it if the baby's not born yet so, so the baby's the, her, her wife was in distress the baby's yeah. not born yet the baby's going to be born thankfully nothing went wrong so let's take a look at the other scenario yeah. something so, does so go we, wrong okay. the baby's born only to the parent who is not the biological parent yes. and that who, parent has full parental custody and all the rights that any 
any a heterosexual parent would have in that same situation, same marriage. So um, there'd be no question. And remember, it's not just at the birth. Um, it's also going to the doctor, for example. Um, I mean, to be able to go as the parent of a child to a doctor and okay any, you know, to be in the room as a diagnosis happens, that right now that parent doesn't have the right to do even that. N- never mind, you know, p- potential problems down the road, you know, a separation force, etc. Um, so, so really, um, the same rights as a heterosexual couple. And, and so, in other words, Kirsty would have had the right to walk out of that hospital should something horrible have happened um, to her wife with her baby. Yeah, I guess my question was, practically speaking, she then, the baby's born and she puts her name on the birth certificate. This would provide for that, correct? Absolutely. Okay, that's my... all of the legal rights and responsibilities that that entails as well. And uh, again, Sherry, um, any hints from uh, perhaps other people in the Liberal caucus, aside from Kathleen Wynne, uh, why is this taking so long? Well, I mean, again, I'm cautiously optimistic, so... Um, we have meetings uh, next week. Um, it, it's too late unless they were to pass my bill uh, for this session because we only have you know five days left now. Um, but but certainly we want to make sure that this gets done in September at the earliest possible time. So we're going to be um, meeting uh, starting next week. I'm sure series of meetings with both uh, lawyers involved in this case as well as myself as well as the. Ministry and Attorney General staff to 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 look at getting a, a bill done, um, and we'll at, hopefully at that point we'll hear what their concerns are with the current uh, Cyan Rubies Act, um, named after Christie and Jennifer's children. Yay. Uh, uh, David, if you're still on the line, um, do you know people that this would affect? And uh, I mean, you adopted your children, uh, but uh, do you know people who would be affected by this? Well, yes, actually, I have uh, several friends who uh, have become donors uh, to uh, friends of theirs, lesbian couples who wanted to have children. And, I mean, it's just, uh, it's ridiculous, the expense, first of all, as well as um, putting these people through uh, the time it took to go to court, to speak to a lawyer, to get independent uh, counsel. And uh, just to sign off their rights as a parent. And all they wanted to do was to help um, several of their friends. Well, it's were, interesting, uh, you know, when, when Kirsty described the process, I was thinking, gee, why, why would anybody agree to do that uh, when it really sounded like uh, it could result in legal problems and a big pain? Uh, something so altruistic. But well, also, and, there's also then, that gap, right? There's also that gap, and you experienced this. Now, my, my clients were actually, Libby, it, it was 1993 when we did that test case, even though that was the U.S. Um, but there's that gap. They were so stressed about what if something happened between the time they got to legally adopt and uh, the time. So they were a family. They were together. They were, and yet there was this time lag between um, and David, I'm sure it happened for you, too, between the time you had the children and the time you got to adopt, where one of you isn't a parent. Well, it was, and, and and I'm thankful that we were able to set a standard. Um, but we also found out after the fact that we were very, very lucky in the court um, where our court case was, uh, our adoption uh, case was held, um, because had we had one of the other judges, mm-hmm. a right-wing Catholic uh, judge, we would never have become the first 
gay couple in Canada approved to co-adopt in 2001. Well, I mean, you're assuming that, so you don't know that for sure, but um, I guess it's well, a risk. Sometimes I mean, people can put their things aside when they're judges. They yeah, can. that's yeah, yeah. That's why they're chosen to be judges. Sometimes they can, uh, but I think that I, right now, Libby, I think what kind of freaks me out in this whole conversation is that there are same-sex couples out there with kids who are in between in that in-between time, and you know, heaven forbid something happens, one the other parent's not a parent, and this is the, every day that goes by that this isn't just you know, with a stroke of a pen taken care of is is ridiculous. And, uh, and of course, parents who are about to give birth yeah. um, as well. So, and being, and parents who are giving birth um, as we speak, mm-hmm. probably. So, I mean, again, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is critical really to, to address this and as soon as possible. Well, uh, you know, I think, uh, as, as I said, a lot of people are probably surprised that this situation exists at all. And uh, we will see how long it takes the government to get on it. Uh, that's about all the time we have. Thanks to all of you. Very interesting conversation Thanks, uh, for people directly involved. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.